Amen, amen. Amen, amen. He is risen. Uh, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord right now. So thankful for us to be together. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, to be together for the commemoration, celebration of the greatest event in the history of the world. That's what we're commemorating today. I know in our culture, especially, people talk about it. It doesn't really matter what you believe. You know, we're all, all the different paths, they all lead to the same place. And uh, especially in, in, in America here, you know, we kind of have this sense that all paths lead to God. All religions are sort of the, basically the same. This is especially true at funerals. Because so many times at funerals, no matter what the person has confessed or believed or lived, so many times we say things like, well, they're in a better place now. Or we may say things like, uh, well, they're looking down on us. They were a good person. I'll never forget when I was... In college, I was a, 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 my internship was done at a hospital, a local small little hospital in West Virginia. And on my first day, Mr. Davis came in to the, was admitted, and so I went and visited him. And we worked on trimesters. And so about, uh, it seemed like about nine, ten weeks went by, and slowly Mr. Davis just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'll never forget going on the last day. He had finally kind of succumbed to his illness. And as he was sitting there breathing, he had that very, just very particular breathing at the very end. And his son was out in the hallways with me, and he said, you know... His God was his gardening and being outside and being kind of to himself. He never went to church or anything, but you know, he had, and all I could hear in the background was that shallow, that breathing that was weak and at its end. And so that's what kind of culture we live in. We live in a culture where we just kind of, it's a God of our own choosing. But today, as we celebrate, I want to ask this question, how are we made right with God? How are we made right with God? I mean, there's very little controversy about talking about God. When we talk about God, people don't get all worked up. But man, when you bring up the word Jesus, when you talk about Jesus, boom! You just set off a bomb in the conversation sometimes. And so almost no one really debates his existence. They're fine with it. They love his teaching, helping the poor, or the, the, what he taught in loving other people, especially those who even persecute you. Bless and serve and forgiveness. All those things are great until you start talking about the exclusive claims of Jesus. Jesus, at towards the end, he is talking to his disciples, and he's talking to them about this thing. He says, he, he says to them, 
don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Because I am going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. This isn't it. There's an eternity. And he's telling them this. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, wouldn't I have told you? Why would I tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And he says that to them, and then he says to them, and you know the way I'm going. And Thomas is the only one who has the guts, and he says, Lord, we do not know the way of what you're talking about right now. Could you please enlighten us? We are confused. And Jesus answers, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, today, I don't want you to even look towards our church and not religion of Christianity. Jesus didn't come to start religion. Christianity is best used as a verb, not a noun. And I don't even want you to consider today to looking at the lives of people you consider Christians. Most of some of you, many people feel that Christians are out of touch or narrow-minded or judgmental, uh, have bad hair, you know, the list goes on and on. And I, I wouldn't even invite you to look at me because I will let you down. But I want to invite you to look at Jesus this morning. To look upon him. And I want you to consider three things as you look at Jesus. The first thing is, I want you to look to the ministry of Jesus Christ. When he is teaching his disciples. Now listen to him speak to those who are following him. He says in Mark chapter 2 verse 16, When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus says to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Man, that is good news for me. Because I was lost in my own selfish ambition and in my own desires. I was lost in sin. And Jesus says that he came for people like me. Every person in this room, all of us, we all kind of struggle in this fallen world. And the Bible says here, those whom others despised, Jesus loved and accepted. The woman caught in adultery, and all the religious leaders are like, hey, we caught her, what do you do, Jesus? He draws in the sand, he looks up, he grabs a stone and says, hey, anybody here without sin, you go ahead and throw the first stone. He also opened the blind eyes he healed deaf ears. He helped the mute to speak. He touched lepers. He turned water to wine. My Baptist church back home might not like that much, but he did that. 
He walked on water. He raised the dead. And you know what? Critics didn't question the validity of his miracles. They just wanted him to stop. Would you just stop doing all this? There are people in here sitting right around you. Their story is that they were touched by the ministry of Jesus. There are people all around you. There are people here this morning who were lost in addiction to alcohol. And God got a hold of them. And their story is Jesus ministered forgiveness to them and they are a new creation because of Him. There are people in this room who came from a family or out of a life of rebellion, lost. And their story is Jesus ministered to them. You see, any person who's ever been a part of this congregation since 1885, every person who's ever belonged to this church has been a sinner. Everyone. And every pastor who's served in this pulpit and all other four buildings that we've been in have all been sinners. And Jesus ministered. His ministry changed our life. I am the least likely candidate to come and preach to you on Easter Sunday morning because I was on the outside and God brought me in. The ministry of Jesus changed my life. When I was younger, I hated crowds. When I played ball, I couldn't stand. I was getting nervous before games because people would be there. I even had trouble speaking. And now, look at me. I'm the one standing here with the only one with the microphone on. God got a hold of me. His Jesus' ministry changed me and made me a new creation. Not because of me. Don't look to me because of the ministry of Jesus. I'm a miracle. And I know that there are people here that ha- that's their story. Well, not only do I want you to look to the ministry of Jesus, but I want you on this day especially to look to the resurrection of Jesus. Miraculously conceived was brought up in the training and admonition of the Lord. He ministered. He was called. He was baptized to be, to fulfill righteousness. He walked a flawless life. We know His teachings. We know His miracles. We know at just the right time, Galatians 4, 4, that God sent His Son just the right time. And then, He was handed over in a kangaroo court And like a lamb led to the slaughter, he gave his life on the cross. And on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said, it is finished, because his work was finished on the cross. And then he said, into your hands, I commit commit my spirit. And with that, the earth trembled and went dark. And the centurion who was standing there said, surely this was the Son of God. Nobody acts like that. And with all of the people who would follow Jesus, at that very moment, it was over. A bunch of people who had scattered. Peter, the guy who said he would give his life for Jesus, denied the Lord three times. They scattered. So you can imagine they're all in this little room and they're huddled up in fear of their life. Scared to death. Oh, I wish I could have been together with them to see the look on every face. 
when the Lord said, hello. Peter, the one who'd scattered, when the stone was rolled away, Peter, his life was changed because of that. And Jesus taught him, now, Peter, go out. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to you. Wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to empower you. And when I empower you, then I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is the kingdom I was talking about, Peter. You guys know, listen, this is what feed my flock. Peter, the one who was so scared, said this in Acts chapter 3, verse 15. Peter, who had denied Jesus, said this. You who killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Think about that. Man. I mean, the Roman, this is a bunch of guys who were scattered, and now all at once they're willing to give their life for Jesus? Because many people might say, hey, the Roman soldier, soldiers stole his body. Believe me, <laughs> the religious leaders as well as the Roman leaders would have loved to have produced a dead body. The disciples took his body. Some people say, how in the world would they have overpowered the Roman guards and the testimony of those guards? Do you really expect any rational thinking person to believe that 11 small town, uneducated, average men devised the most elaborate and deceptive plan and they pulled it off and they kept it a secret I think it was uh, Chuck Colson who said, nobody dies for a lie. There was no, there was, it was only extreme personal loss because of those 11, only one died on an island. The other 10 were all martyred, martyred, including Thomas, the doubting Thomas, the one who wanted to see, unless I can touch him, I won't believe. He gave his life. He went to India as an evangelist and was cured for the gospel, when they told him, deny the Lord, deny this, quit preaching that. I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. But I also want you to look to the eternal message of Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. You see, God counts faith in Jesus as righteousness because of who Jesus is. Listen to me. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's having faith in Jesus. And it's true for all who believe. God counts faith in Jesus as righteousness. You see, if it's religion, it's over here. If, if it is religion then that is about me. It's about what I do. It's how I perform. It's about me being better, and it's about me always trying to earn my way. Not so with having a relationship with Jesus, because when you live for Jesus, it's about Him and what, who He is. If it's religion, then it's if I obey, God will love me. If it's a relationship with Jesus, it is... Because God loves me, I want to obey. If it's religion, it's what I do. It's about the doing. Do. 
If it's about Jesus, it's about what He's done and what's been done and settled. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He lived a faultless life. He died on a cross for me. He was raised from the dead. He was the promised Messiah from the Old Testament. And at just the right time, Christ came and gave His life. And He was not only pierced for our transgressions, He was raised to live, and He sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is alive today. And He told His disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit would come. And for all who believe, when you confess God doesn't just leave you on your own. He sends His Holy Spirit inside of you so that you would be empowered to live according to this truth. I want you to know, man, for somebody that lived faultless, He died on a cross for me, and He's raised from the dead, I'm going to go with that guy. Take my whole life, Lord. I want you to know Easter is the answer. Easter is the answer in your life. It's Jesus' ministry. It's because of the resurrection that you can receive the eternal message of Jesus. And I want you today to know that today is your day. If you've never accepted Christ, today is your day to do that. Look to trusting Jesus. This is why you are here today. This is a divine appointment. It's no accident. It's God's divine purpose that you are here today. And the Holy Spirit is drawing you. And the Holy Spirit is calling you. Just like He was all those years ago for me. I put that off. Even when I was young, I'd heard the message. I put it off for years. And then finally, I drew a line in the sand. All those years ago. And the Holy Spirit may be calling you. You might want to say, yes, All of my life, every bit of it, God, I surrender to you through your son, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and change me. And I want you to know, he will. He will change you. And you will be transformed. And you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will never be the same. And if that's you today, I want you to call in the name of Jesus. That you would be saved. This Easter can be your resurrection Sunday. You may say, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Christ today. I want you to do that. I'm going to invite you to do that right now. So I'm going to ask us to bow our heads right now. Every head bowed and every eye eye closed. And if that's you today, today is your day, and you want to draw that line in the sand, I want you to raise your hand right now. And I will pray for you. Anyone here who wants to make that step of faith, I see you, brother. I see you. Are there others? Keep your hand up. Yes, amen. I see you. Anybody else here wants to say, this is my day. This is my resurrection. I see you. God bless you. Those three up in the top. God bless you. That's your Confession today, I want all those who've raised their hands right now, I want you to pray right now with me. And I want to pray with those around you. Everybody aloud, right back, right here. 
I want you to pray together with me, and I want everyone to repeat after me, those people who raised their hand, this is your prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, okay, I didn't make myself clear. I want everybody to say it out loud, help the brothers and sisters, the new brothers and sisters, because the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. And so right now I want you to pray and I want you to ask God to come into your life. And I'm going to ask all my brothers and sisters here in this church to pray it aloud. Heavenly Father, take all my life. Save me from my sins. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. Empower me to live a life only for you. Thank you for new life. Thank you for eternal life. Take all of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, I want you to know, for you who raised your hand and prayed that prayer, there's angels in heaven rejoicing at the throne of God right now. We are so thankful for that. And I want you today to know that Jesus is alive and you can trust Him.